Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting here with Jeremy Harrell. Jeremy, how are you? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I can't uh, can't complain. Hopefully, we're going to get you from good to great here uh, just in a few minutes or so. What do you think? Sounds good. Let's do it. I love it, man. Well, I really appreciate you being here, and I'm excited to welcome Elevate Nation back because it's time to take it to another level. And I want to welcome you back because this is the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate in business, in building their life and designing their life and beyond and really creating that outcome and creating what they want in their life. And, you know, we're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about habits. We're going to talk about routine. We're going to talk about branding. We're going to talk about tenacity. We're going to talk about peak performance. We're going to talk about so much of all of this all-encompassing really concept of elevating your life so that you can live a life without limits. And this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing, through building businesses, and ultimately in their lives. And if you appreciate what we're doing, we would appreciate if you subscribe to the show, if you give us a rating, a review, a five-star rating, we'd certainly be grateful if you're so inclined. Uh, because our goal is to reach millions and millions of people with this message because there's millions of people out there and really probably more than that who are just tolerating their life. And we don't want that. You know, I, I know I was there, I've been there uh, in my life where I just tolerated it and it just felt like I had to do that. But um, you know what? There's so much more out there if you give yourself permission to and if you commit to the process. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today. But with that said, I wanna introduce you to Jeremy Harrell who is a U.S. Army combat veteran of Iraqi freedom. Thank you so much for your service. Yeah, my pleasure. He served honorably for nine years and was a non-commissioned officer before getting out of the Army in 2008. After leaving the Army, Jeremy went to school at Mid-Continent University studying business management. Jeremy started a career in operations management in the manufacturing and the supply chain logistics industry. As a man with an entrepreneurial heart, he wanted to do more to support the veteran community. So two years ago, Jeremy founded a nonprofit called Veterans Club Inc. in Kentucky. Presently, Veterans Club Inc. is a premier organization in the United States, and it has assisted over thousands of veterans in a multitude of ways, such as nationally recognized equine therapy program, career transition for vets needing employment, family outreach program and is currently developing the camp restoration community to house and heal homeless veterans. And so I know there's really so much more. I mean, honestly, we could go on and on for this entire hour talking about Jeremy's accolades and, and just who he is as an individual and how much he's been able to serve other people. But I'm just going to open this up for you, Jeremy. Tell us more about, I guess, first of all, who is Jeremy as a man behind the bio, behind the accolades and 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 the notoriety, but then also tell us more about what you're doing beyond that. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm just a guy, right. I'm just a guy who, who uh, is faithful. Uh, 
I love God, right? And, and uh, he, he determines my my paths and, and the ways that, that I do things. Um, I love to serve, man. I have a servant's heart, uh, which is why I joined the military uh, right out of high school, is I just I just want to do things uh, that bless other people. Uh, that, that started at a very early age, just having that desire to do that. I just, the best feeling in the world for me is to see someone else uh, receive love, right? And, and to, uh, and to serve someone else. And so, uh, I just, I'm always trying to capitalize on opportunities to do just that, uh, whether it's within the organization or whether it's just me on a personal level, because I do some things outside the organization as well, such as prison ministry and teaching at recovery centers and, and things like that. So, um, I'm just always wanting to, to use my experiences to, to use the knowledge that I've gained over time, uh, to help these guys and, and women fight through whatever it is that may be holding them back from living the life that they desire. So that's, uh, I spend most of my waking moments trying to find those opportunities and, and, and utilizing those. Wow. I can, I can actually feel that too about you is that you just come from a good place. You know, I can literally just, I, I mean, we're sitting here on zoom, you're across the, you know, wherever, and I can just tell that you're just calm and you're really coming from a servant place. So where does that come from? I mean, tell me more about where did that originate? Yeah. So, you know, um, I believe it originated when I was, when I was very young. Uh, I, I come from uh, humble beginnings. Um, and, and I recognized that uh, whenever I grew up and I had control over my life, that I was going to ensure that if there was ever anyone in my position, that I was going to do everything I can to help them get out of that. Uh, I just, I just felt that, you know, I think that if, if when we endure a struggle, I think that we have two directions we can go. Right. I think we can take that and use that as, as sometimes an excuse or to be to be a victim or to lay down. Right. And, and I decided at a very early age and I don't recognize how to even come to me in that way. Uh, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to use these experiences to learn what I what not to do. All right. When, when I get to the, the, the age to be able to, to, to give back. But I'm going to use it to to bless someone who may be in these same uh, circumstances. And so I just really, it just really resonated with me at a very young age to, uh, to do that. And so as soon as I could, you know, I, I got out of high school, went to the army and did that and loved it. I loved every minute of it, even the hard stuff, you know, but, uh, and then getting out, you know, I went to the nine to five and I just, I just never felt fulfilled there. It just was not me. And, and, you know, I tried to justify it in a bunch of ways, you know, it's good money, it's stable, you know, all the things, right. Uh, but it just it just never filled the, the my heart, and so then I wanted to step outside of that and and do something that that could make a true difference, right? Uh, something that that I could focus on my talents on directly, and so that's that's kind of where we're at now in that way. So that's how it all started. So I want to know more about the decision that you made as a as a young man. Uh, when you were sort of, you said you, you grew up in humble beginnings and, you know, you even mentioned the fact that people have an opportunity to either say I'm a victim or I can now choose to become the victor. And I know that wasn't the exact words that you used, but I mean, do you remember that? Was that a conscious decision? And if so, I mean, one of the things that I, I draw a distinction of is like, did you actually like draw a line in the sand like one day and just look back and say, look, that was the old me. And now I'm, now I'm stepping into just you know, controlling and confirming what it is that I want in my life and, and claiming that? Yeah. So I did, I did that, um, you know, in my, my early twenties. Um, but I did it halfway. Right. So I, I, I just didn't have what it took yet to get over that hump. Right. So I had great intentions, but I wasn't prepared. So I, I had that in my heart to do. And I did, I did okay, but it wasn't until my early thirties 
where I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is, uh, this is, this is enough of this, right? We're not going to focus on anything negative. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get educated on the mistakes that I make and I'm going to seek wise counsel, which is a thing that I, I, I preach a lot about now to people and in meetings uh, and, and to lose the ego, right? That was the, that was the, really the thing that was holding me back is as much as I, I needed the help, I, you, I wasn't about to admit that. Uh, but then, you know, over, over time, you know, you become more mature and, and you recognize that once you keep falling on your face, right, you, you, you get humble really quick and you go, wait a minute, all right, I get it, so I can't do this alone. And, and really just, uh, you know, using the opportunities of, of people who, who want to help because what I've realized is successful people, they love to talk about how they become successful, Right. And so uh, and that's what I encourage people. Don't don't think you're bothering someone by asking them, how did you do this? In fact, that's the that's their favorite story. Right. And so uh, that's what I learned. And, and so I just started asking all the questions. I started really grinding and, and figuring out, like, I got a choice to make, you know, and, and I want to I want to I want to be successful and I want to be uh, uh, on, on, the, on the top of my game. And so that we can go out and do the most. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where, where I drew the line in the sand. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to quit thinking about what happened to me uh, in the military, what happened to me as a child. I'm going to think about what I'm going to do about it now. This is what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to ensure that those who have these same experiences are going to have me or resources that I can provide that will help them out of that. So uh, that's what kind of uh, inspired me to start Veterans Club. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year. Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Man, that's exciting. And I love the, just the phrase of seek wise counsel, because um, I know that I can relate, you know, to a certain degree, you know, as a younger man, you know, I, I didn't seek wise counsel in some ways and it, and it came back to bite me, you know, because I didn't have the humility to ask questions. I didn't want someone to know that I didn't have all the answers. And, you know, the, the paradox, the thing that's so interesting is that the more that I learn, the more I realize that I don't know and the more questions that I have. And, um, you know, I just find it to be so fascinating. One thing you also mentioned there was just that you desired success. I'd be curious to know if you could describe what does success mean to you? So success for me personally, it, it, it means really everything but my bank account in the way. And I know that seems a little backwards uh, for a lot of people, but I, the, the numbers, and I just, you know, this is just me talking, but I'd hope that people don't allow the numbers in your account to, to signify success. But for success for me was how, how can I positively impact those around me? How can I make my, my city, my state, my country, my world better? What, what can I do that, that, has, um, that will leave a legacy that will continue to serve others long after I'm gone? And, and money won't do that, right? Money can run dry. And I'm not saying that if you're trying to, to become wealthy and, and, and be successful, that that's a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm 
sure. just saying like focus for me was uh, I want people to know me for what I've done, not for how much money I had or, or any of that. So for me, you know, success is um, taking care of the person to your right and left and leaving a legacy for your children and your family that, that uh, your eulogy, may it be long and prosperous, right? And, 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 and that's the goal for me. And I think everything else, when you focus on that, I think everything else just falls into place. At least that's been my experience so far. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and you're obviously given a, you know, giving back to so many people and living a life of service. Um, talk to me about how are you raising the bar and what you're doing now with Veterans Club and also with your own personal growth? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. I talked about this earlier yesterday. And what, what I think is, is, making, is allowing us to be so successful is the fact that we use common sense approaches to things. And I, and, and I say that because I think as organizations grow, businesses grow, I think sometimes we, we look at things from a 30,000 feet view, uh, which isn't a bad thing, but sometimes I think we, we limit ourselves to that. And I think the, the real work is in the trenches, so to speak. The real work is relational, is to uh, being intentional about uh, getting to know those who work with you or getting to know those who serve with you and, and, and order the people you serve. You know, for example, you know, we're, we're designing camp restoration and, and we've broke ground on that in March. I'm very excited about it. But more than that, I'm so proud to say that the whole step of the way uh, the, the veterans that we're going to serve who are now uh, in shelters or in recovery centers were invited to every public event that we had for this camp because we wanted them to know that we're working for you. Like there's all these people who love you in the background and we're doing this for you and, and we want you to see, right? And so I remember uh, in the Ice House in this event center, this venue uh, of giving this uh, presentation and it was a sort of a huge lunch and learn and we had a bunch of uh, folks in there and we had a bunch of veterans that we were going to serve. And I remember turning to my left and facing them and just being like, we do, we do this for you. Everybody uh, on the right side of this room is here because they care about you. And, and I'll tell you, like, those, those veterans are still talking about this. But, and that's what leaves a lasting mark. And so what we do at Veterans Club and what I do personally is I take common sense approaches to things. And, and I recognize, too, that, that money is great, but money, uh, money alone isn't going to solve uh, the, the, the things out there that we're fighting against, uh, whatever it looks like for you personally. And so um, what does, though, is love and, 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 and the fact that you care about people. Caring about people is the ultimate equalizer, right? Because I can throw a million dollars at something. Uh, for example, yesterday I went, I, d I delivered a $300 grill to uh, the Salvation Army um, because I received a phone call. I usually do life skill classes for them. And so I received a phone call about doing that on Skype. I was like, sure. And then they mentioned that we we're going to have a derby cookout, but our grills kind of rusted through down here. And I'm thinking, I got an extra one right away. You know, just went down and got the grill, took it and dropped it off, 300 bucks. Um, but, uh, you know, that was so effective. They felt like they were loved, that they were cared for. And now, now they have something to bring their awareness, or not awareness, but their, their, their morale up, right? And so um, we just, that's, that's just, I just really believe that that's the way. You know, I just really, it's, it's what's worked. It's, it's what the, the, the federal government and some of these real big organizations are asking me about and getting me on calls and saying, Jeremy, how are you able to do this? And I'm like, guys, it's the, it's the easiest part of what you do, right? It's, it's not so much the fundraising. Take a little break from fundraising and start focusing on uh, personal relationships and you'll see it'll pay dividends. Yeah, man, that's, that's super powerful. And I know that obviously uh, nationally people are taking note because after this, you're going to be on CNN. It's like, come on, you got to tell them about Elevate, I guess, when you get on there. Absolutely. Uh, 
that, that's awesome. I mean, I think that that is such a big and important distinction is how do you show someone else that you care? How do you show someone else that you love them at the end of the day? Because whether you're a real estate investor, whether you're building a business, whether you're trying to make it to the next level in whatever you're doing, whether you're a consultant, anything, you've got to focus on relationships because it is all about giving to other people. I just had a conversation with Bob Berg who wrote The Go-Giver and it's all about giving to other people and not expecting anything in return, but then also being open to receive. Right. So I'd love to go a little bit deeper there. I mean, how else do you show love to other people? How else do you make other people realize that they're cared about and that you appreciate them? You know, it's, it's, it's listening, right? It's, it's listening. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's follow up with folks, you know, whether it's a, a customer in your business or someone you serve in a nonprofit like myself, um, you come to our program, that ain't, that's not the end of the line for us, right? That's just the beginning. You come to our program, we don't say thanks for coming. We got this name and that adds to the list. So when we go and get grants, it looks good. We don't do that. Uh, do, we, do we go get money because we, we need it? Yeah, but more importantly, we follow up. With, with these vets, we follow up with who we serve and not just them, but their children, their spouses, and we include everybody. We're very inclusive to, to the whole family and just that just that sort of respect and that sort of, uh, you know, that the, the caring nature of that, it really resonates and it builds trust, right? So when you show that you care about someone, uh, it tears down any walls that they may have, right? And so it allows them to trust you. And so I think that's, that's why we're so successful is because it, they know that, that I'm doing this for the right reasons. You know, they know that I'm doing this because I actually care. I've proven it. And so um, loving somebody is not just simply saying the words, right? It's all about action. Yes. You know, it's kind of like awareness. We were talking about awareness. I hear that word all the time, and you probably do too. And, uh, you know, I think awareness is important in some cases, but also think that awareness, you know, without a solution is just advertising a problem. You know, that's great that you're saying, okay, we have a problem with veteran suicide. Yeah, we do. But what are we going to do about it? We can't just say it and just leave it in limbo. And so we're about solutions as well. We focus a little bit on the problem. We hear it. We recognize it. Now, what are we going to do creatively, especially in these times, to uh, to go to work against it, to combat it? And so, um, and in doing so, you, you show that you care, right? So if I, if I have a banner and I say, hey, 22 a day, that's terrible. That's one thing. But if I'm saying, hey, listen, I want to reach out to you. And I know these are crazy times, but I want you personally to come out to this equine program by yourself because we have to do it this way now. But I want you to do that because I want you to have an hour to really relax and de-stress. That's the difference, man. You know, wow. that's the difference in waving the banner. And so that's, that's what really sets us apart. Yeah. I mean, obviously anybody who studies marketing knows that awareness is the first step, right? You got to create some awareness to, to get people there. But I, I love the fact, especially for someone that's running a nonprofit organization that, you know, awareness is, it's great, but it's, it's maybe, I don't even know. It's a very small percentage of the overall issue. It's like, let's actually solve something. Let's actually make something happen. And I love the really kind of the process that you just laid out there in terms of helping other people understand that you care. And it is all about actions. You know, actions speak much louder than words. It's about listening. It's about then following up and then solving the problems throughout the follow-up as well as being inclusive. You know what? It's not just a one dimensional issue and it's not just a one person issue. People have families, people have other people they care for, whatever that may be. So I think just having an understanding of how can you be inclusive in your follow-up and your problem solving 
whatever you're doing. Um, it's, you know, anytime you're negotiating a deal, as an example, we're all looking to achieve the next outcome. And it's based on, you know, a larger situation than just that one individual. So I think it's just a, a concept that you can apply in so many different directions. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, Jeremy, I want to talk a little bit about leadership because you just strike me as an individual who is, you know, obviously leading others through a great example, setting a great example. But what are some other principles that you think are important um, in terms of great leadership? You know, I, I think, uh, and I love this, this is my favorite subject, actually, uh, leadership, uh, servant leadership, I think is, is uh, I may have a biased opinion, but I think that's, that's the most effective way to lead, right? Is to, you know, not ask anything of, of, of those you're leading that you wouldn't do yourself, you know, just showing that mutual respect, respect and, and realizing that they, that they don't work for you. Uh, you also work for them and it's a team thing. And, and, uh, and again, it just, it just goes back to uh, being transparent, you know, as a leader. Um, I know that sometimes in leadership, we don't like to recognize things that we could have done better. We don't like to point those out to our team, but I think it's, uh, one of the most effective things we can do because it, number one, it shows that we are human, right? And, and number two, it gives those who we lead hope that, Hey, I can still do good things, even though that I'm not perfect. Right. And, and it, it breaks the barrier of that unrealistic expectation that, that Jeremy has it all together because you know, that's, that's the furthest thing from the truth. In fact, I need you to help me run this and, and, and just as much as you need me. Right. And so it's just about having that connection and not just a, um, authoritarian approach you know I think it's it's about you know uh leading leading through service man and just and just you know you know recognizing that we're all people and we have issues in our own ways and things come up and, and just not being so goal driven that you forget that you're a human right not being so so goal driven that you forget about uh people and how they feel and the things that may be going on in their lives you know like something like COVID-19 you know um uh, I can guarantee you as, as a former pr production engineer that, you know, any, any business that's still running, the productivity is going to be lower because there's so many distractions. And so how does a leader handle that? Do you, do you start cracking the whip or do you understand that there is a, a, a pandemic and there's fear? And are you just glad that you have them coming in to help you? Right. And then you can always recoup. Uh, things later, right? You can always achieve goals later. You can, you can take breaks, but it's just, it's just really about putting yourself in, in, in their shoes oftentimes and going, wait a minute, this is a legitimate uh, concern. I can't, you know, I can't be so focused on the outcome that I just eliminate the fact that they have this real feeling because once you do that, you create uh, robots, right? You create folks who do things because maybe they depend on your, on a paycheck or maybe uh, they fear you. I would never want to lead like that. I, I, I want to lead people. I want them to do the things because they want to do it for me because they, they, they know that I care about them and they know that, that uh, I have mutual respect. So that's, that's kind of my leadership style and, I, and it's, it's worked, it's worked really well for us. Yeah. And I mean, it seems like the, the type of leadership style that's going to give you lasting results rather than, you know, blips on the radar where you've led through fear that you've truly instilled within people that then you're going to increase your productivity on a short term. But then, you know, tomorrow it's, it's back down where it was before it's even worse and maybe even lost some of your people due to that. So I think there's a lot of, a lot to be said about just really kind of the integrity of leading in that way. But I'd love to know, I mean, are there any leaders in particular that you've studied that you admire and that you try to emulate in some ways? 
Yeah, you know, and he has a much different leadership style than me, but it's it's General George Patton. Um, he had a, he was a little less eloquent with his wording, um, but one thing I can tell you about him is that he never asked anything of his subordinates that he wouldn't do himself. Um, he, he, you know, he's a general. Uh, generals don't usually stand on the front line, right? He was on the front line ready to fight, and he was ready to, to spill blood for those who served under him. Uh, and, and although he expected a lot, like he did, he expected a lot, and he, he never was really graceful about it. Um, I love his heart, and that's what I, I look through the, 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 the tough talk, right, and just and realize this guy's heart and then what he's trying to accomplish and, and what he's trying to use the folks that report to him to accomplish. And, and so I just had a, a respect for that, you know. And, and when we talked about leadership, the, the other aspect of that is how many leaders out there, how many times do you actually sit down with those you lead and ask, what can I do for you? Mm. Like, this is what I ask of you, like, but what can I do for you? You know, I have a, an executive assistant who does so much for me uh, for, because out of the goodness of her heart, she's not a paid employee. She, she says getting paid would be a bonus, but I want to do this because I believe in you and I believe in what you're doing. That right there is, is validation for me. That, that's sort of my report card, right? Because uh, she does a lot, man. And I don't know many people who would do that for, for, for nothing, but she's like, what I get from doing that is much more than money could buy. Right. And so that is what I try to emulate in any environment that I, that I'm in. Right. I just, I just want people to want to come alongside. And, and I think that's, what's been successful for us as an organization is because when we go and we present people feel that from us, and they feel that for me as a presenter, and they just want to come alongside. I'll never forget the conversation I had with the mayor in his office uh, about camp restoration. And uh, he, he sort of kind of asked the why, you know, and I just kind of I, I barely touched on, like, you know, there shouldn't be homeless anyway, but there should, definitely shouldn't be homeless veterans. <clears throat> and then uh, and I said, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm tired of sitting around big tables like this with, with people with great ideas, but nobody goes out and does the work. And uh, we just go out and do the work. And that's what I'm here to do is ask for your support as we go out and do the work. And that went so far with him. Uh, the response I got was, all right, what can we do to promote this as a city? Let's do it. But, you know, the truth is, is I went in there without all the expertise to do this, right? And we talked about that earlier in this interview. Uh, and, I, and I had 15 people with me. And the reason why I had 15 people with me is because I said, listen, I've never developed anything. But what I do know is this, we have to do something. I can't sit around anymore. We have to do something. So I've developed a team. Well, that's the solution, uh, solution-based uh, process that I was telling you about. You know, I could have went in there and raised awareness and said, hey, there's too many homeless veterans. Uh, what are we? And, and then left, right? Then, then, but no, I said, listen, we have too many homeless veterans. So what I did is I went out and I recruited the folks that know everything about what I'm trying to do, and we're going to do it together. And that went a long way. You know, and, and, and I just encourage people to do that. Don't think because you don't know something that you're going to be uh, discounted right away. In fact, I've got a lot further in my life by admitting that I, I need guidance than trying to do it myself. Because when you show that, that you have that you need guidance, you're showing that you're coachable. And you're also showing that you're you have humility and People want to work with people who have humility, right? Nobody wants to work with a know-it-all person, right? And so just, I just want to, you know, to bring that up. I thought that was a, an important aspect to that. But, yeah, so General George Patton is, is one of my – he comes to mind right away. There's some others I'd have to thank on a little bit, but I just love his heart and his desire to serve. 
Man, that's awesome. And um, one thing I wanted to highlight there was just the fact that you still led with the conviction from your heart that you knew that you would come up with a good solution. You didn't necessarily know the answer at that point, but you didn't let that stop you. So did you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, maybe even from that specific example, were you able to coalesce the team together and bring out their ideas and, and their solutions and strategies just through your leadership and, or, you know, just the collaboration of the team or just talk about that process a little bit. Yeah. So when this become an idea, uh, it was August, we had this idea and we actually got some land donated to us in, in October. And, uh, and then we had a, a meeting with the mayor and, and so we have, you know, team members from HUD and, and HPI and just housing partnership and just all these really solid uh, players. And, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't super confident that, that we'd be able to attract those folks, you know, but uh, the, the reason why they wanted to work with me and the reason why they wanted to work with us is because I literally said, guys, I have no idea what I'm doing, but my heart hurts for those who are out there going through this. And I know it, yours probably does too, because you're in this business of trying to help people. It's the details are different, but we're in the same business. So let's come together and do this. You know, oftentimes people say, um, you know, I would love to do more, but I don't know what to do or, you know, how can I help? And so <laughs> I'm really good at coming up with, with those ways of going like, here's, you spent a long time wanting to help. Here's your opportunity. Are you going to capitalize on this or are you going to let it pass by? And so essentially that was some of the conversations, you know, and, and just, and just, but, but more importantly, you know, they could have discounted me and said, this is just a guy with an idea but we had it all planned out, right? We had a, a really good presentation. Like this closes the loop in this city for, for homelessness because everything else is just gets you in a shelter. You get a revolving door, nothing ever gets accomplished, but this can close the loop with everybody's processes, right? So when everybody wins, that, that that's helpful. So, but I had to research that, right? And so uh, it's, it's really just about being transparent and honest in the conversation and saying, look, you know, I don't know, but you do. And I could really, I could really use your help. You know, I could really use your expertise because people want to do good. I just really believe that, that naturally people want to do good. They oftentimes maybe not, maybe they don't know how, right. Or maybe they don't have the opportunity. So I did both presented an opportunity and then, uh, told them how they could help. And so essentially we developed this huge team. We sat down with the mayor and after we got over that first spill, which was a little bit nerve wracking, right? Uh, the leader of the city. Um, but I was just really confident in what I believed in. And so that, that was helpful. But then he started asking the, the business questions, right? And I'd say, Hey, we got this guy from HUD over here. Hey, we got such and such from HPI. And, and he's like, he just, he was just like, this is, this is a pretty impressive Jeremy that you have this team. Right. These are the key players, you know, um, and, and it just it was really good. But but the thing about it is I didn't go in there and demand anything. I asked. Right. With humility. I said, look, I went to Luck Luckett and Farley's our architects. Great company. I went in and said, listen, I just need your help. This is what we want to do. Um, whatever you, you know, I don't, we don't have a lot of money, but whatever you can do, whatever advice, if you just give me a paragraph of advice, I'll take that. And they've been with us through this whole process, pro bono, right? Just design and engineering. And, and you know, like, like I said, it was an idea in August. March, we broke ground uh, on a $3.5 million project. And so 
very exciting, but it's, it's really just, just what I said, you know, we, we feel pressured around people with titles, right? I feel like we just have this, and this pressure to perform and we get caught up in that, but we got to remember that, that everybody kind of, and that's just an old cliche thing, but everybody kind of puts their pants on the same. Right. And so, and everybody was everybody, there's no matter what, you know, alphabet you have behind your name or what your title is, there's tons of things you don't know, right? And, and, and if you're dealing with people who recognize that, um, then that's where the success comes because they recognize that, Jeremy, you know, I have the part of this process that they don't get, you know, the, the, the social part of that, the, the, the struggles of the veterans, um, the way that we should, you know, present this and design this and, and what it should look like for them. They don't have that. So I brought that to the table. And so whenever you go to the table, have confidence that what you're bringing to the table is valuable because it is. Because nine times out of 10, there's going to be someone at that table that don't know that. So if, if, if you're lacking confidence or, or you're feeling like you don't have or you don't equal up, well, get that thought out of your head, right? Because you do. Because there's something about you that, that no one else has. And that's uniquely great. And so just go in with that attitude. Yeah. And also have conviction for what it is that you're looking to accomplish and that, you know, having the right sort of outcome that's aligned with your own core values. It just, it strikes me that you're an individual who is so convicted with what you're doing that you know that other people will, will support this. And I also love the thought of just, you know, asking the question of how and not saying, oh man, this is impossible. Or I just don't know the next answer. And, you know, woe is me because you know, whenever you're going to accomplish a big goal, I know this for sure, you are not going to have every answer. There's no doubt about it. And sometimes it's the why over the how, or it's the who over the how, you know, who else needs to be involved in this? Who else can, you know, connect me to someone else that will want to be involved in this, who can share this vision, but then also communicating the vision clearly and allowing people to create that vision with you. Maybe it needs to be edited in some way. So I just think there's so much value in what you're saying and, and I admire what you've done so much. Um, and I really, really just wanted to, to say that, but then, you know, beyond that, as an, as a leader, I think you can only lead people as far as how you've led yourself. Um, so I'd be curious to know, you know, what, t- talk to me about your commitment to investing in yourself and growing as an individual so that you can lead others in the capacity that you have. Yeah, you know, that's that's a very, very important aspect to all this. And I'm glad you brought that up because it starts with, with me, right? It starts with uh, my behaviors, with with uh, the way that I live my life and, and, the, and the, my priorities. Um, and so, you know, there was a, a phrase in the military we used all the time, and it was very simple but powerful. It was always be training, right? And so that, that has stuck with me since, since, you know, being out of the military is always be looking to educate yourself. Um, read books, right? Put down the remote, turn off Netflix. Netflix isn't, isn't bad in moderation. I'm just saying, but if you, it, it just really, how bad do you want it? Do, you know, do you want to binge watch Netflix or do you want to grow? And so uh, read a book, R- read a book about something that, that so about someone who's accomplished something that you want to accomplish. And that's the key, right? Is, is, is first figure out what is it that drives you? What is it, what is it that just makes your heart full? You know, I think we first got to recognize that. And for me, it was faith and service. And so once, and it took me a long time to recognize that, right? Because maybe that wasn't, maybe that wasn't what I wanted at, uh, on a personal level. Maybe, maybe I, Jeremy didn't want that to be the, what it was. And so I fought against that. 
But then when I recognized what my true purpose was and when, when we recognize as individuals what our purpose is, it's amazing how some of these roadblocks fall away, right? And then, so you read books about what you want to accomplish. Um, you work hard, right? You, you set a schedule for yourself. You hold yourself accountable. You get an accountability partner. In fact, you know, Jonathan Cisco is one of mine, right? And I'm that for him. And it's about having someone who will push you, not someone who will tell you what you want to hear, but someone who will tell you what you need to hear. But being able to accept correction, that's a part of authentic manhood, right? Is to be able to, uh, to, to drop your ego out the door and accept correction. And, and, and then to go out and find someone who's done what you want to do or what you're trying to do and just say, hey, listen, I, I want to buy you coffee uh, once a week if possible, or can we have a phone call? Whatever they'll give you, accept that, be appreciative, and just really focus on what questions you want to ask. Because usually people who are successful, they have limited time, right? And, and they want to make sure that they, they get the most out of the time. And so don't just wing it. Like, don't just, you know, call and say, hey, how's it going? I just, no, develop some good questions. Figure out what your weakness is write those questions down and say, how did you overcome this? Because let's face it, uh, we, we have all, a lot of the same struggles, right? The details are different, but we struggle with the same things as people. And so, you know, that's just some of the things that I've done and, uh, and, just, and just really been, been focused on uh, putting away the things that bring uh, no fruit, Right. And then and then working on things that 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 does, you know, and, and, and so and it's a lot of self-reflection. It's a it's a quiet time. I have quiet time every morning uh, where I read a devotional from the Bible. It just it just really just changes because I don't always wake up ready to go. That's another thing. I, I very, There's days where I get on like, man, I just don't have what it takes anymore. Or I don't have anything left in the tank. And I come up with all these excuses. Uh, that, that's held me down so far. And then I go and I get in the word and I recognize what it is that he calls me to do as a man. And then that just supersedes everything. And then I just get rejuvenated along with the help of coffee. Right. And then we just start rolling. Over. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's how I do it. Uh, it's just about uh, staying uh, focused. Yeah. Well, and, and this is something, a concept that I'm so passionate about. It's, it's like taking a shower, right? You know, every single day you need to be reminded of what it is that you have set your life on a course for, right? Um, you know, because we're all humans. I mean, we're not perfect. Every morning you wake up and some days it's like, man, I do not feel like it today. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I need a few more cups of coffee than I may normally have. And I need some more inspiration. So seeking inspiration daily is so important. So where does that come from? I mean, you can read books, you can surround yourself with others who can help hold you accountable, who can help pour into your mind. Then also you got podcasts like this, you've got, you know, other material that you can pour into your mind and you've got to plant the garden, you know, you got to plant the seeds of your mind and your heart and your soul, because otherwise, you know, uh, weeds are going to take root. I know that for sure. I've seen that. And you know, if you're, if you're listening to the wrong things or you're reading the wrong things or you're paying attention to all the negativity that's out there, you know, it will take root and it will create, you know, things in your life that you don't want. So, uh, I just wanted to make a mention of that, but it's, it's know, really the deadly virus. That's really the virus, right? Is that's it. Awesome. And sometimes you also have to look at your failures Right, we got to recognize that failure is not fatal as long as you take a lesson from it. Uh, but but sometimes we put the good things that we do on our walls. Right, we have a me wall. Yeah. everybody has a me wall. But we also need to put our failures in front of us too, so that we're reminded that we still have more to do. We still have more growth that needs to occur, and we still need to stay on course 
and, uh, and, and keep moving. And so uh, don't, let, don't let failures be something that you run from. Embrace them, uh, but just don't live there, right? So yeah. that's, that's another opportunity to, to get better. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about a failure that you've experienced that maybe at the time felt you know, like it was devastating, but has set you up for a later opportunity. Uh, one of the biggest failures... Uh, <laughs> that, that, I, that have, has occurred to me is thinking that I had to do all this by myself, mm. right? Um, not, not trusting others. Um, and, and a lot of that may be pride, right? That could be, you know, that, that's the, the dirty P word I talk about all the time. And, and uh, it really can just uh, steal our soul um, and, and just not, you know, it's amazing what happens when you ask someone to do something and then how innovative they can be when they do it, right? Instead of, you know, asking them to do something and then saying, this is how I want you to do it. Well, then do it yourself, right? <laughs> I've heard that. I only say that because I've heard that. Uh, but really for me, it was to recognize that, Jeremy, success doesn't mean you do it all by yourself. Success also includes developing a team who believes in what you're trying to accomplish, but who also believes in you and wants to make you successful because in turn, they feel uh, successful. And so it took me so long to learn that. But now, you know, as developing a team and, and, and once you get to a certain place, you recognize that, hey, I have to do something different because we're only human and we can only do so much. And so now, you know, having a team that helps, uh, it allows me to even, uh, for example, instead of working in my organization, now it allows me to work on it, right? To, to, do, to, to, to develop relationships and, and, and grow organization versus being wrapped up in the administrative part of it when there's someone who wants to do that. I remember having people who wanted to help who, Jeremy, what can I do? What can I do? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even answer. I was, you know, I was like, no, if I want it done, I got to do it myself. We just want to get away from that because that will, that will eat you alive and you will, you'll be fatigued and you will face burnout. And then, you know, that, that dream may just slowly, um, you know, evaporate. So. Yeah. One thing um, that I'd love to dive into just a little bit with you is, um, you know, developing a team. And the reason why I want to dive into that is because I think you see as leaders, we see a lot of times where you have individuals on your team who have that intrinsic motivation, they have the drive to be excellent in whatever way, um, in whatever way that they're, you know, their own excellence, you know, uh, but then there's others who may or may not have that same drive. So I'd be curious, what would you say, um, you know, if you were a leader on a team that had, you know, say you've got, five or six individuals that are just really continuing to raise their own bar and you're obviously leading them, you're managing, you know, the outcomes, but then you've, maybe you've got a handful of others who are maybe just not on that same plane. What would be your approach? Yeah. So I've had that occur uh, both in the military and, and out here in the civilian world. And, and uh, what I will say is I believe that, that we're, a team is only as strong as its weakest link. Right. And if there's someone on the team that's failing, well, then that means I'm failing. And it doesn't matter what I've done up to that point. It doesn't matter what others think about me. Um, 
part, being a part of a team is not separating your achievements uh, from from the other members of your team. And so uh, what you do is you, you all come together and take your energy and help and coach and mentor and try to lead uh, that person to, to, to strengthen them. Uh, or uh, oftentimes you may have to uh, move people into different roles. You know, uh, it would do no good for, for someone who was great in sales uh, to, to have them in an administrative function if that ain't, if that's not their spiritual gift, right, just for the sake of filling a role. And so, and, and you really got to dissect and, and get to know uh, your team. Uh, and, and that's part of the, the leading through servitude. And that's part of having these conversations and these one-on-ones with your team members and going, uh, what, what are the challenges of, 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 of what we do? What, what, is it, uh, what, what is it about me that you need? Or what, what can I do to make your job more efficient and, and to take stuff off of your plate and, and that kind of thing? And they'll tell you, right? Your teammates will tell you what they need if you just listen. But oftentimes, again, we're so goal-driven, we got our eye on the prize that, it's, that we treat people like machinery, and that's where we go wrong. And I don't think we intentionally do it. At least I would hope not. But I just think we get so focused on uh, the success that we forget that we're dealing with human beings who have lives outside of the workplace, who have struggles, uh, you know, and we don't know all those, but just really uh, develop, finding out, hey, what is it that's making you, making you have a hard time? We want to help. And then really getting everybody together and come up with a game plan and some action items and start helping uh, in that regard. But it's, it's just really just figuring out who you're, who you're working with and what their strong suit is and then putting them in those roles. And that helps if you do that right off the bat. Yeah. It seems like you almost have to slow down somewhat to speed up uh, yeah. to a certain degree as a leader, you know, ask the right questions, really listen and get an understanding of what's the other perspective, you know, what else could be true here, right? Because the leader's perspective is not always the, the full, you know, story, the full picture. So I, there's a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of value there. Jeremy, what are you most excited about these days? What are you, what are you working towards right now? You know, I'm, I'm most excited about, you know, the way that, that, that we're, we're taking care of our, our people here in Kentucky and beyond the way that we're serving veterans, the way that we're, we're developing our own MO in the, the veteran service world, right. Is, is we've taken our own unique approach um, based off of experience and based off of relational uh, relationships and not just data-driven results, right? I, I, listen, data is great uh, for some things, right? But if you get too caught up in the numbers, we, again, we are people, you know, uh, yeah, we're a number in, in, in some circumstances, but just remembering that people are people. And, and I'm just proud of the way that we approach things. And I'm, and I'm proud to set into an office uh, of, of, a, of a VA uh, hospital director who says, Jeremy, how in the world are you all doing what you're doing so effectively? You know, like uh, that's such good validation for the work we're doing. And my, my first response is always we're in the trenches with people and we're loving on them and we're caring about all the little intricacies that maybe we ignore. Uh, if it doesn't fit into the profile that, that we have on a piece of paper, when we look at somebody and says, do they fit that we try to categorize people? And I just don't think that's effective. And so we take people at face value for who they are. We meet people where they are. And then again, even as an organization, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And now we have 4,000 people that we can call and go, Hey, we have, we have a, a person who wants to get better, but needs some direction. And then we come up with action items and plans to make that happen. And, and uh, just, we're just, I think we're just really, uh, you know, turning the tables 
on how, how we're going to start working with veterans in the future. And I, I love that these other organizations who have been successful for years and years and years are going, all right, we need to adopt some of these approaches that you're taking. And, and uh, you know, we're just, just really proud of that. Not, not because of the, the recognition. I, I don't do any of that for that, but just, just because we found something that's, that's going to uh, be positive in a life of someone else. And nothing makes me happier than seeing someone happy right and to see the restoration of, of of people and we've seen people at their worst who are now highly functioning uh fathers uh mothers husbands and wives and and employers and business owners even uh we've been able to walk with them through that over a period of time and there's nothing better than that and that's that's what keeps us going every day is just knowing that there are folks out there who are crying out for that and that we can provide it if you're looking for a way to contribute, you need to engage with Jeremy and, and all that he's doing. We'll definitely share information of how to do that in the show notes, but I just wanted to make a mention of that. I mean, we all need to contribute. We all need to, you know, give our talents, give our resources to other people and, you know, help other people because obviously, you know, veterans have served us. It's time to, for us to serve them, uh, you know, now that they're, they're back in different capacities. So I just honor so much of what you're doing. Uh, and Jeremy, this is this has been so much fun. I want to want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. Uh, we're, we're scaling the mountaintop. It's hard to breathe up here. Our legs hurt. Uh, most people are giving up, but we're not dropping off this path. We're going to continue to scale the mountaintop. So I'd love to know um, if you were to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read, what would those be and why? Well, number one, the Bible, obviously. Um, uh, the, the, the second one, there's a book um, called Reset. I can't remember the author's last name. The first name is David, but it's called Reset. And it just talks about how uh, we have to sometimes reset ourselves and to, to, to take a step back, like you said, right, to, to, uh, to, to slow down so we can speed up and just recognize and, and analyze ourselves and, and what we've done so far uh, so that we can have a, a game plan going forward. That's a, that's a really good book. And, and it, especially for busy people. Uh, really, really take a look at that. It'll really uh, let you know that, that uh, just because you, you work long hours doesn't mean you're productive, right? And just many more, uh, many more uh, bonuses of reading that. I love it. I love it. We'll put a link in the show notes there. Uh, Jeremy, talk to me. What's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis outside of what we've already talked about today? Um, capitalize on opportunities. You know, um, don't limit yourself. Like, don't put yourself in a box. Don't say, I only do this. Be willing to do, it. Be willing to do anything that, that brings value to your life or others. Be a chameleon, right? Be versatile. Be, be, some, be somebody that, that people want you on your team, want, want you on their team, right? Be, be someone who's highly sought after and not, not for your own good, but for others. And in order to do that, you know, get up with a mindset that I want to learn something new today. Uh, and, and I want to focus on something that I've always been afraid to focus on, uh, but I know that it will, it will help me grow and that it will benefit others. And you'll be surprised at how that attracts the right people. When you start doing those things, people just flock to you and want to be around you and want to want some of that vibe. And so then, you, you, you know, it's just really beneficial. Yeah, I, I just love the shift of focusing on others rather than yourself and learning something so you can serve others better. 
that's such a shift that I think a lot of the listeners will find a ton of value from today, especially. And then also being versatile, you know, versatile, whatever, however you want to uh, pronounce the word. But I mean, you have so many different talents. You have so many different things that you can contribute. So what is it that you can contribute in different situations, whether it's your business, whether it's for your clients, your investors, your partners, you know, the greater community. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can be versatile. And so uh, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, Jeremy, obviously you do this in so many ways, but tell me outside of what we've already talked about today, which has been very wide ranging, uh, right. what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Uh, I would say the biggest way that I elevate others is I help them achieve goals. You know, I don't ask. So small talk for me is not about the weather. Uh, it doesn't matter the weather, right? There's still stuff that needs to be done, whether it's raining, snowing, or sunny outside. My small talk is, hey, how are you doing? What What is your dream? What do you want to accomplish that you haven't been able to accomplish yet? What's holding you back? What do you need from other people to, to get it done? How can I help? You know, whether it's a conversation, whether it's an email, whether I share a book, right? Or whether I say, hey, go listen to the Elevate podcast, uh, whatever it is, um, it brings value to that person because time is of the essence, right? We don't have, that's something that we can't make. We can make money, but we can't make time. And so um, I just want to see everybody make it. You know, there's so much competition out there. There's so much competitiveness in just about any industry, even nonprofit world. It's, it's, it's really uh, bizarre. And I was very naive to that at first, mm. but I want everybody to be successful. And the best way to do that is if we all come together and collaborate and work together. So th those are, those are my opening questions. And, and some, for some people that's really appreciated for some, it kind of catches them off guard uh, because I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about what I would consider, um, you know, effortless conversation. We're going to, we're going to get something done together. I want to know, uh, I want to know what you dream about. Maybe it's something that I've done or maybe it's something I want to do. Maybe we can even end up coming together and doing it, uh, and blessing others that way. So that's just kind of one of the ways that I try to elevate others. I try to push, right. I try to push in a loving way. You know, I, I love you, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to poke you a little bit yeah. because I want you to be successful. I don't know about you, but I feel love from others when they push me and when they expect yeah. more out of me, when they expect me to become the greatest version of myself. I want to become who I was meant to become. And I, I really appreciate that question, especially of, hey, what's your dream? Um, everybody listening to the show right now should be asking themselves, what is my dream? You know, because it's it's never too late. Number one, it's never too late. Number two, it is your duty to make that dream a reality. And asking others the question, I mean, you said that so many times today, how can I help? I mean, we all need to be asking others, how can we help? How can I help? How can I help? And don't settle for it. Oh, there's nothing I can do. Well, come on, there's something. Let's, let's get to it. Let's, let's, let's reverse engineer this dream. Let's get some clarity. What is it that you want? Why do you want it? And how can we get there? I'm going to do something to add value to your life. And man, yeah. Jeremy, you've added a lot of value today. Thank you, man. And if you don't have a dream, let's talk about that too, because uh, we are yeah. designed to be producers, right? And and, and if somebody's, you know, sit, sitting at home on the couch and, and feeling like uh, there's nothing to be done, well, there's got to be a reason why. Let's, let's talk about that. Uh, what happened in your life that made you feel like you can't add value? Let's get through that. So again, man, it's just really, it's just really taking the time to uh, engage with people in a way um, that they can get value. Like I said, I, I really appreciate time these days uh, because the more, the longer this goes on, the more that we do, the less time I get personally. And so I just really want to capitalize on that time. 
Yeah, no, I know that's, there's so much value in that. Uh, Jeremy, is there any other thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd leave Elevate Nation with today? No, just to, you know, just to uh, seek wise counsel in all that you do. Just find someone, you know, I, I can't reiterate that enough. Find someone who's doing what it is that you want to do and buy them coffee or buy them lunch. That will be the cheapest education that you will ever find. Um, and, and just really uh, develop a relationship with them and uh, show them why they should take time out of their, their life to help you succeed. And, uh, and, and once you start doing that, be open to what they say, because I will tell you that uh, some of the things that I heard from those uh, that, I, that I sought counsel in, uh, they hit me in the mouth. It wasn't what I wanted to hear, uh, and it definitely wasn't stroking any egos. They were very real and uh, very truthful. And again, time can't be wasted, and so uh, be prepared for that. But but you know, accepting correction—that's part of being a man. And, and so, if if you can't do that, then uh, you, there's some work to be done in that department. But that's that's what I would say. You know, just find someone who's doing it, and then emulate them. Ask them questions, uh, and and then learn how to do it yourself. Yes, I love that. Seek wise counsel, invest in yourself so that you can also be wise counsel for others as well, if I may add anything to the conversation. Uh, Man, Jeremy, this has been a blast. I really appreciate you taking time. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and what you're doing. Yeah, so, you know, we're on every social media platform imaginable, uh, other than TikTok, right? We're uh, at Women's Club. and I haven't done TikTok either yet, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know that I have what it takes. Uh, I might have to <laughs> counsel in that department. But also, <laughs> media platforms at, at Veterans Club. And also, you can get on our website at veteransclubinc.org. And there's an opportunity for you to contact us. Don't hesitate to reach out. There's no stupid questions. Just reach out, talk to us, get to know us. You don't have to be a veteran. Listen, we, we serve everybody. Uh, we have, you know, we do a, a bunch of different things. We're not only veteran-friendly people. We love everyone. And so if you just want to know how to get involved, or you just want to have a conversation about someone in your life who may be struggling as a veteran, just do that, right? We're, we're an open book that way. This is what we're designed to do. We don't, we don't hide from the work that we said we're going to do, and we're ready always to help. Yeah, and I know that the more you give, the more opportunities you'll have to receive. So open your heart and give to somebody else. If it's not through what Jeremy and his team are doing, you know, find something that speaks to you. What what fills up your heart? You know, what fills up, you know, your soul and allows you to live a life that, you know, you really dream. And, uh, you know, Jeremy, this has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate it. Uh, Elevate Nation, I want to encourage you to re-listen to this show because there's a ton of nuggets in here. I mean, if you want to be a great leader, if you want to accomplish great things, if you want to leave a legacy, today's show is all about that. And so I would encourage you to re-listen to the show, share it with someone else because the teacher is who learns the most. I mean, what are your top three takeaways? What can you do to implement this in your own life, in your own business immediately? And you've got to take action on those things immediately because there's the law of diminishing intent. You know, when you learn something, the longer it takes for you to implement it, the, the less and less likely it's going to happen. So you want to take action immediately and you also want to share this with other people because that's what it's all about, paying it forward. The only way that you're going to create a greater community is to give to other people, which has been really the theme of our conversation today. So uh, at the end of the day, Jeremy, this has been absolutely amazing. Really appreciate it again. Oh, thank you so much, Tyler, for having me on. This is, I love, I love the questions. I love this podcast and, and I encourage folks to subscribe. And, and, uh, and like I said, if I can be of any help in the future, feel free to reach out.
Absolutely. And we will absolutely put links in the show notes to everything, uh, all of Jeremy's contact and, you know, websites and all that kind of stuff, his social medias. So take a look there. And until next time, Elevate Nation, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.